This podcast is sponsored by the Davenant Institute and Davenant Hall, reimagining theological education. Visit davenanthall.com. The Davenant Institute seeks to retrieve the riches of classical Protestantism to renew and build up the contemporary church. Key to this mission is their educational arm, Davenant Hall. In an age where much theological education both overlooks the riches of church history and keeps students in debt, Davenant Hall is reimagining theological education. Davenant Hall takes full advantage of digital technology to make high-quality theological education affordable via online courses. Students can simply audit a single class or enroll in a degree program, including subject-specific certificates, PhD supervision, and the flagship MLIT program, which includes pastoral tracks for Baptist, Anglican, and Reformed or Presbyterian ministry. Enroll in classes at any time during the academic year. Knowing that in-person fellowship is key to Christian formation, Davenant hosts regular residentials at their study center in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of South Carolina. Registration for spring term 2024 classes running April to June is now open. Register by March 27th. Fees start at just $225 for a 10-week class with a two-hour Zoom class from expert professors each week. Spring term classes include Male and Female in Modernity with Alistair Roberts, The Reformation and the Modern World with Michael Lynch, Philosophy as a Way of Life with Joseph Minnick and more. Visit DavenantHall.com to find out more. That's DavenantHall.com. Welcome to Theology on the Go, a brief interview podcast from placefortruth.org. Place for Truth is a website of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals, which we'd encourage you to visit. After the podcast, listen for details on how you can receive free resources from the Alliance. Dr. Mark Jones is Senior Minister of Faith Presbyterian Church, Vancouver, where he has served since 2007. He's the author of several books, and he comes to talk with us today about the topic of antinomianism, which he has written on. So let's get right to it. Dr. Jones, what is antinomianism? Antinomianism is a complex theological term that uh, can be either be understood according to its etymology against the law, or it can be understood according to its uh, historical context in the 16th and 17th and 18th centuries. So uh, once you move to the historical context, it becomes a little more complex, mm-hmm. but generally it's a, it's a disregard for the moral law of God in various forms. So tell us what you mean by the moral law of God. Is an all-law moral law? Uh, I suppose uh, every law is a moral law. I think what uh, I have in mind is, uh, according to the threefold division of the law, the uh, civil, mm-hmm. the condemning use of the law, and then the uh, practical uh, third use of the law. Uh, and I think it's mainly the third use of the law uh, is jettisoned in antinomian preaching and theologizing, even if 
uh, certain preachers and theologians say they affirm it, the practical outcome of their preaching seems to be a denial of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they're denying that God's law would have any uh, particular binding usage on us today morally? Is that is that what you're describing? Well, I think maybe I would say that uh, most many antinomians uh, would would perhaps even acknowledge that uh, Christians are bound by uh, God's law. They would say it's good and right, but the problem is us. And I think where the crux of the issue uh, finds itself is whether the moral law has any um, power or is a means of sanctification. Mm -hmm. So. In a, in a faithful gospel preaching ministry, when we preach uh, imperatives, uh, are they a means of sanctification or not? And, and most antinomians uh, would deny that, whereas the Reformed have typically said that uh, in a proper context, the law uh, can sanctify when accompanied by the power of the Spirit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So among other things, you would argue that Christians should read the law as uh, imper an imperative for them and that that has positive value and is intended to have positive value for their sanctification. Yeah, and especially uh, not just reading the Ten Commandments, though many churches do that, and oftentimes they do that uh, before they then confess their sins. So uh, it would be good to see them read the Ten Commandments in their liturgy in a more positive uh, manner as well, but also just reading other commandments in Scripture, such as "Husbands love your wives," is the you know the flip side of "Do not commit adultery." And so, if people see the law in a more positive uh, sense, such as "Be generous with one another" and, and and things like that, I think they'd come to a slightly different understanding of the law. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, can I know you touched on this already, but maybe you could, in summary form, tell us. What is the purpose of God's law in our lives? And maybe more specifically, could you talk about the Old Testament law and what it, what should our view be of that? Well, the, uh, the the purpose of God's law in our life has, you know, there's not just one purpose, there's many purposes, uh, and including to show us our sin, uh, especially to show us our sin. And when you understand the law properly, it can't help but do that. But it's also a guide for how to live uh, a true Christian life, and and Christ was a walking transcript of the the law, and so as we keep the law, we end up becoming more and more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. But as far as the Old Testament is concerned, the moral core of the the law of God, especially found in the Decalogue, uh, you see Paul in various places in Romans, in Ephesians, uh, Galatians. Uh, quoting the Old Testament law uh, almost verbatim mm -hmm. and then giving those imperatives to Christians in the New Testament. So it's it's not just that the Ten Commandments are found in the New Testament, but even in their decalogical form, they're found in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in other words, the apostles, or Paul specifically, were reading the Old Testament law and seeing it as applying to Christians and directing Christians' lives. Yeah, and as you understand, the Old, the Old Testament law is summarized by Christ to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbors yourself. It, it's hard not to see it um, applied to Christians in the New Testament as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Now, you alluded to this earlier, but I'd like to return to it now. Some people are accused of antinomianism and then they deny it. Um, so how would you suggest for our listeners to sort of diagnose preaching and diagnose things they read and even diagnose perhaps their own thinking um, in terms of this error? I think one of the key things for me is that uh, antinomian preaching tends to sound the same all the time, and that's one of the key marks that I've noticed. Hmm. And, hmm. and and other um, Christians who aren't really trained theologians are typically able to pick up on that fact that, you know, after a while they start saying, wait a minute, you know, this is always the same, the same, the same. And I think antinomian preaching is quite reductionistic and ultimately doesn't feed the whole man uh, in terms of all of the needs we have. So uh, that's one way in which I think you can diagnose is wh when do sermons just start to become repetitive, monotonous mantras uh, that lose their effect upon the listener. And then, you know, you, you, you really do have to try and uh, do some do some reading. That's one of the reasons I wrote the book was so that people might have some idea of what antinomianism has looked like historically and how we can apply it to the contemporary situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, comparing it with history and looking for this kind of uh, continual return to the same theme, this uh, kind of monotony as you described it, what, what, what would that monotony sound like? Um, it's, it, I guess there could be different kinds of monotony. Sure, sure. Uh, typically, uh, in terms of, every, you know, the sermons typically move to how we can't keep the law, but Christ has kept the law for us, and it's all finished, and we're justified. And, uh, and you know, it, it's the, the problem is not so much that the antinomians um, say things in error, because I, I agree with that theological truth. The problem is, is what they don't say, and that the things they do say, they say all the time and in every place. So I think justification becomes a sort of hermeneutical principle for interpreting texts that speak about godliness and righteousness. And so we can't do that. So thanks that Christ has done it for us. And, mm -hmm. and I, I think ultimately you end up harming the doctrine of justification when you find it in places that it, it didn't, wasn't intended to be. Last question. Are we living in an age, in your estimation, and I know that I'm asking you to paint with a broad brushstroke here, but are we living in an age in the evangelical church in which antinomianism is a particular problem? Well, I think every age it's been a, a problem, and I think today it certainly is is a problem, and, and it will always be a problem because sin is lawlessness, and, and, and while we are sinners uh, and have indwelling sin, we will always hate God's law. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, antinomianism will cease to be a problem uh, in glory, and, and that's the reality of it. And so we must always be on our guard against the threat, the error, and the ways in which it masquerades itself as true and good theology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dr. Jones, thank you very much for your time. Look forward to speaking with you again sometime soon. Great. Thank you so much for having me on. You've been listening to Theology on the Go, a podcast of placefortruth.org. Place for Truth wishes to be thoughtful and accessible and is based on the conviction that the gains of the Protestant Reformation retain their potency and ought to be maintained for the health of Christ's Church. Theology on the Go is a production of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Our ministries include placefortruth.org, 
the Bible Study Hour with James Montgomery Boyce, and events such as the Philadelphia Conference on Reformed Theology and various Reformation societies. To learn more about the Alliance, visit AllianceNet.org or call 800-488-1888. Just for listening, we'd like to equip you with free resources. Visit PlaceForTruth.org to find a link to those resources. And listen next time to Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth.